Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome to Trust the Tape, episode 11.6.18. I am Jeff Cavanaugh from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas-Fort Worth, the home of the Cowboys and the Rangers, and from the athletics sometimes and some other stuff. Dane Brugler at DP Brugler, the great Dane Brugler. The uh, greatest college football resource on the planet is my co-host and carries this thing, which I appreciate. Uh, and, you know, as a DFW resident, now this has nothing to do with where I'm from, I think what everybody wants to know after this college football weekend, Dane, is where can you find a uh, an early to mid-second round quarterback in the upcoming draft? <laughs> yeah. Where's Will Greer going? When, how do I? Where do I need to get to go get Will Greer? That'll be uh, that, That's a good question, actually. We... we I put out a feeler last night on Twitter for some good Twitter questions, and that was one of them. And so we'll get to that one uh, a little bit later. I need it now. How do I get well, Will Greer? You know, if he keeps playing like he is, it's only going to help himself. Uh, oh, that big win over Texas. A, man. Uh, did you watch that game? Yeah, I that watched was, that game, yeah. Uh, kudos to West Virginia going for I mean, uh, Coach Holgerson, he, he knew his defense didn't have much left. He he knew he had the quarterback to get it done, get the two point conversion. How much was riding on that decision? Because uh, West Virginia, if they don't if they don't get that, you know, their season's over. Yeah, Big 12's out of the picture. Uh, playoffs out of the picture. You know, they're they're going to the Insight Bowl. So you know, it's a uh, big thing going on there. Another week where I kind of lose a little bit of respect for Tom Herman and his thin skin. But uh, do you hear what he said after about how? The, the uh, taunting. Yeah, it should have been. He, yeah. yeah, he taunted. God, That's, man. You can't do that. I thought he should be down where that happened. You can't taunt. I, I'm a sore loser, just man like up, everyone Tom. else out there. But come on. I mean, just, just don't have thin skin. It's just a bad look. Uh, so, yeah, Tom Herman, come on. Yeah, he'll, he'll grow from this, hopefully. But Because uh, he's got Texas trending in the right direction. But I tell you, the Big 12 is fun right now. Uh, with that November schedule, you know, in Oklahoma, West Virginia, uh, kind of a little bit of a collision course there. But... We're going to have another upset somewhere. You Oklahoma know. got lucky. A little bit. I think if Alan Bowman plays the second half, Texas Tech's quarterback, uh, I don't think Oklahoma is winning that game in Lubbock. Well, Texas Tech jumped out to what? It was like 14-point lead. Yeah. yeah. Kyler Murray, what, two picks in he the was first? Human. Yeah, the now first by, two drives. Now, by the end of the day, he had become the new passing efficiency leader in the country. Right, which is weird. Which He's passed Tua. After well, two interceptions. Tua came back further than Kyler did. Because yeah. they were both obscene numbers, and they both came down some. And Kyler came down less. Right. Which happens when you throw for 300 and run for 100. Mm. It happens. Uh, other games. No, I want to stick with that. Because Alan Bowman, man, that's that's awful. You're the starting quarterback at Tech. You had a partially collapsed lung in the West right. Virginia game. And then you, I guess he took a he took a big hit uh, in the OU game, but he's in the game. They're coming out to warm up for the second half. He throws a football and just doubles over and has to leave. Yeah, what was going on? Did they announce like what the yeah, official? Re, he re-aggravated a partially collapsed lung. Okay. And so he was in the hospital overnight. 
Jeez. And Tech doesn't win the football game. So that's just, it's great luck for OU and maybe for the Big 12 in general if you want your team to make the playoff. But that's just, that's awful luck for oh, yeah. the Red Raiders who had a real chance to beat Oklahoma until you have to bring in Duffy, who, I say this with all due respect, can't throw. Uh, and so that hurt your offense a little bit. Well, he can't throw, and yet it was still, what, a five point game? Yeah. So yeah. Well, hopefully you listened to us and you took the over. Yeah, that would yeah. be a good call. That would yeah. be a good call. I think that was. Uh... That was a little easy. Also, Dana Holgerson has the perfect hair for the West Virginia job. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, he's bald on top. He's right. almost to a mullet, and it just seems very West Virginia. <laughs> the state of. If any West Virginians are listening. I've never been there. I do have a friend, Mike Dingus, who does radio here in DFW, and he he is from West Virginia. And I asked him. I said, hey, this is what... I picture him as being a West Virginian, and he said that's not unfair. <laughs> well, uh, look, and Holgerson, he celebrates it. He wears the visor. You yeah, know? he doesn't mind. No, he would wear a hat if he was that self-conscious no, about it. letting it, it so shine. He embraces it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone saw the clip by now. On tw- it's floating around on Twitter how you know the, ca- the cameras captured him uh, saying, you, you want to win the game? You want to win the game? Let's win the game. Let's win the game with an expletive uh, tucked in there nicely. So, uh, and it worked out well uh, for West Virginia. That that pass uh, to that for, to score the touchdown, uh, that so was they could insane. go for a two point conversion. That was, was an insane throw. I mean, it just like, like there's a just a little parachute on the bat on the on the <laughs> top of the football, and it just yeah. dropped perfectly into the hands of the receiver. So, and that's what uh, with, with Will Greer when he gets into a rhythm, he can be deadly because uh, he, he's he's very much a rhythm passer. Now, if you get him off rhythm like Iowa State did. Then he's going to have some trouble, but uh, he, he's a really interesting guy. And I, all these quarterbacks, um, it's going to come down to the pre-draft process. And I need the one who has a terrible pre-draft process. That's how I can get him to Dallas. Yeah, you might not be wrong. I need there. the one that drops. But I think we both know they're not drafting a quarterback. They need to. They do, but they're not going to. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll see you next gonna, year. They're going to draft a tight end. In, uh, in the second round. Tight. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, and then they're going to choose between, they're going to try and have to trade up for Herbert or Tua in 2020. All right, bring That's it just on. That's how it's going to happen. Hey, that'll be fun. That'll be exciting. Give us something to talk about here. It's exciting stuff. Uh, um, other game from over the weekend, Alabama LSU, all that did was kind of make me depressed about college football. And my buddy Mike Bassick, every time I bring up that Alabama's unstoppable, and this is the best Alabama team ever. Mm-hmm. He says, well, he says the only thing that makes him feel better is UNLV. What was that, like 1991 or something? College basketball? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, they were unstoppable. Right. No one could beat them, but someone did, and they didn't win the championship. Uh, like That's what it's going to take is just a miracle game from somebody because against LSU, at LSU, at night, mm-hmm. in front of all the drunkies, yeah that are super loud and about as intimidating a place as it gets, they actually kind of made Tua T look like a human, mm-hmm. and they lost by 29. Nobody can beat that team. Well, okay, Nobody let, can beat that let, team. Let me poise it this way. Okay, if Alabama and Clemson play 10 times, do you think Clemson can win one or two of those games? I think maybe one. Okay. Well, and then that's and, all. They and need. that's what we need. That's we all need that need. to happen. Yeah. And so I think with Georgia, maybe if they play fifteen times, maybe that Georgia wins one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? I know those aren't the greatest odds, but uh, you know, in a championship setting, I mean, Georgia took Alabama to overtime last year in the, in the title game. And you know, granted, Tua was making his basically his debut. I know he played a little bit during the season, but basically making his debut in the second half and uh, kind of 
got the ball ball rolling on uh, what's going to be a, a runaway Heisman campaign this year. But we need to get Quinn and Williams in the Heisman talk. I mean, I'm oh. looking at I'm looking at Alabama. I knew he had two and a half sacks. I'm looking at the defensive numbers for Bama in the LSU game. Yeah, he Led has the team in tackles. He has seven solo tackles. No one else had more than four, and his two and a half sacks. Yeah, he had uh, ten total tackles, which led uh, led the team. He's just he's dominant, and you know the stats. Aside from the LSU game, the stats might not look amazing in the other games. But just watch the tape. He is consistently dominant. He's and he's in doing the it from the one technique or the nose tackles. Yeah, mostly. Well, mostly, yeah. They'll play him uh, over the A-gap where he's going to see doubles between the guard, uh, center and the guard. Uh, they'll play him at end. They'll play him as three technique. But yeah, you're right. Mostly the nose, the one, uh, you know, just directly over the, the center where he's you know, most guys in that situation, most guys in the Alabama defense, you know, you absorb blockers and help free up things for the linebackers. Not Quinnen Williams. Uh, he's just he's too good with his power, with his initial quickness, with his hand technique. Uh, he is, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, and you know I think people are really starting to uh, you know agree with me now. Quinnen Williams is the best defensive tackle I have watched this year, and and that's not anything against Ed Oliver. He's a freak. Ed Oliver's great, but Quinnen Williams is just he's just he's different. And each, it's funny you watch his watch A and M. Oh wow, this is the best game you play. This is terrific. Okay, the next week you watch Arkansas. <laughs> oh. oh wow, this is better. Then you watch Missouri. Oh my gosh, this is even better. Then you watch LSU. Even better. And that's the really the biggest compliment you can give a guy like that is each game is a highlight reel. Uh, each game he's getting better and better. And this is what defense is knowing what you're bringing. Uh, the thing with Quinn Williams, how good he is is he can beat you in so many ways. And so if you're a blocker and you prepare for quickness, he's going to beat you with power. You pre- prepare for the power, he's going to beat you with a swim and a handover and or an arm over and different hand techniques. So he, he beats you in so many different ways, and that's what makes him special and makes him a top-five pick. And for my Monday column on The Athletic, I wrote about how, you know, aside from the quarterback, because the quarterback we know is he's a big-time player but not draft-eligible, aside from the quarterback – the MVPs on Alabama's offense and defense both have Williams across the back of their jerseys. That's Jonah Williams, a left tackle, and Quinn Williams, a defensive tackle, and both are making really strong cases this year to be very, very high draft picks. I was a little bit sad that Georgia put it on Kentucky a little bit. Kentucky was kind of the fun yeah. underdog yeah. who we're not used to seeing ranked highly and is number nine coming in. They go up and play Georgia – and they lost, but that's okay. It's fun watching. Uh, it's fun watching Evander Holyfield's son run the football. <laughs> and DeAndre Swift had a nice game. Yeah, he did. Uh, Jake Fromm is so strange because I know he's really talented, but he plays at Georgia, and all of a sudden they've become Alabama, where they're like, "All right, we're going to not risk the ball. We're going to run it a hundred times. Yeah. We're going to try to win." Uh, so it's a good way to put it. Yeah, maybe that'll drop him in the twenty twenty draft. <laughs> and if I don't get Will Greer, I could get him next year at like number eight. I don't well, know. Is that from I, I haven't studied him yet, but I just I don't know if he has the arm that you're gonna look you're gonna want in a in a top flight quarterback. Will uh, he ever end up losing that job to Fields? Maybe well, and th- honestly, year? that's the thing. Yeah, if you told me that Fields is gonna start more games next year than Fromm, would not be shocked at all. Not at all. Not one bit. Because Fields is supposedly gonna be that special of a quarterback, and we'll see. Um, you know, I think it's. You're not wrong about how it's kind of mirroring what Alabama's been in the past with a guy who's game control, you know, don't turn it over, make a big throw when you need to. And Fromm's done that. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're probably not giving him enough credit. But 
I, I don't know. I, I have some questions there. We'll, let's we'll get to that next year. At this time, we're talking about him as a as a prospect. Okay, one of the quarterbacks that we do need to talk about this year, and we've been talking about him after every game because we're waiting for Missouri's Drew Locke to yep. go against a good team and have a nice game. They played Florida, and they in in kicked, Gainesville, and they kicked Florida's butt. Yeah, they and did. And Drew Locke, I didn't see most of this game, but by the numbers, Drew Locke had an outstanding day. His best game ever versus a SEC opponent. Okay, and he did it on the road, and he did it versus a ranked team. And you know, Florida has their warts. There's no question, but they have a pretty good defense. Uh, you know, their secondary they have some holes in the secondary, but they have athletes, terrific linebackers, a terrific front that can get after you. And credit to Drew Locke. Uh, he he had he was zero nine versus ranked opponents in his career going into this game. Uh, finally got the monkey off his back, got that first win. And the the stats matched what he put on film because he completed 75% of his passes, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, very efficient day, uh, 250 yards passing. And it, I don't think it was any, you know, no coincidence that he gets his top receiver back and he feels a lot more comfortable in the offense. I'll tell you what, Emmanuel Hall, Missouri's uh, wide receiver who has been out for the last five, six weeks, he is the wide receiver that we're not talking enough about. This guy, you, wait till you watch his film. You're going to turn on his film, and you're going to be kind of be blown away by how fast this guy is. It, he's got some special speed where he, he makes corners look like they're standing still. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh, you worry about some of the ball skills. He fights the ball at times. Uh, not the most detailed player at this point, but you can't teach that speed. And uh, Emmanuel Hall is going to go. He's a top 100 pick, and <clears throat> we'll see how high he ends up going. And Michigan State thumped Penn State. The end. Michigan. Yeah. Michigan, I'm sorry. Michigan thumped Penn State, and they really didn't have to throw the ball to do it. The end. Good job, yeah, Penn I, State. See you later. I don't I don't know how much of this is Penn State just isn't as good as we thought they'd be, and Michigan's getting better and better as the season goes on. Um, but it, it will be interesting now. I, I don't think we're going to have any surprises with the college football playoff, uh, the, the rankings. It's We're going to have... Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Michigan 4. I don't think we should, we'll have any surprises there. Um, you know, we'll see how far LSU falls. We'll see, you know, uh, West Virginia. I'm eager to see how high the, the rankings they go. Um, beating a good Texas team, do they jump ahead of Ohio State, who struggled with Nebraska? Uh, do they jump ahead of um, some, of the, some of those other teams? Uh, maybe LSU, because <clears throat> LSU will be a two-loss team. So eager to see how far West Virginia gets vaulted up there. But uh, back to Michigan, yeah, they look like the class of the Big Ten right now. And they have not been favored in Columbus since 2004. But it looks like that's going to change this year. It probably should be this year. Yeah, I think it will change this year. Uh, Ohio State just, they don't have the offensive line. They don't have the defense. Uh, Now, in any one game, especially in a rivalry game, can they beat Michigan? Of course they can. But uh, especially in Columbus. But if you're a betting man, you're... You're not leaning that direction with what Alabama or with what Ohio State has put on tape recently. Okay, I see a grand total of one ranked versus ranked game coming up this weekend. I see Boston College and Clemson. <clears throat> That's where game day is going. That is the only ranked versus ranked game we have. Yeah, there are some decent games with, and uh, it's Bedlam, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. I, you know, it's could Oklahoma State get up for this game like they did for against Texas and. If Kyler Murray has another, you know, off first half, it's possible that Oklahoma State could pull the upset. Oh, Mississippi State, Alabama. I'm sorry, there's two. Mississippi State's right, number yep. 18. Yep, and, and I they'll mean, be an underdog by probably 22. 
Right. I don't think they have much of a shot. Um, Auburn, Georgia, you know, I don't think Auburn's going to pull the upset there, but uh, hopefully it's a decent game for most of that most of that game. Uh, Florida State at, at Notre Dame. Uh, Florida State just, I don't I don't think they can pull the upset in, in South Bend. Uh, Texas at Texas Tech. Uh, what What's the mindset for the Longhorns? Uh, it, Lubbock's a weird place to play. I mean, just ask Oklahoma. Uh, they have to go on the road and, and beat a, a scrappy Red Raiders team. We'll see if Bowman plays in that one. Um, Cal at USC, uh, Ohio State at Michigan State, South Carolina at Florida. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Clemson at Boston College, we we pointed towards Syracuse as maybe being that team that could upset Clemson. Um, you know, they just demolished Florida State, demolished Louisville. They just look like a unbeatable team right now with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. But Boston College... Uh, yeah, they're a team with a strong running game and AJ AJ Dillon. They've got some guys on defense. If you haven't seen Boston College, watch their defense. Zach Allen, a defensive end, is a first round pick. Uh, they've got some guys in the secondary uh, with Will Harris and Lucas Dennis. Uh, the corners are underclassmen, but they're talented. Uh, Boston College has some guys on defense that can uh, keep this game close at least for a couple quarters. Okay, you said uh, you said today was going to be question intensive. Yeah, yeah. We reached out last night, put it out on Twitter for uh, some questions, and we got a handful of some. How good How Twitter do? Uh, not bad. What would you say is the percentage of good questions from the questions? Um, I say fifty fifty. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, would you like to call out some of the terrible questions, or would you like to focus on the ones you like? I'm a positive guy. Okay. Um, you know, just call me Coach Garrett. I'm not uh, so. <laughs> I'm going to find some really terrible ones. All right, let's start, let's start off with this one. I, 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 we got a Browns fan asking about uh, as much as wide receiver, and this is from at Julian Carlin one, as much as the Browns need a wide receiver, uh, a vertical threat, realistically they're going to be picking between probably five and eight in the draft. Uh, do they go defensive linemen? Do they still go wide receiver no matter what pick they have? Pick all the defensive linemen. Yeah. All of them. They're John Dorsey, awesome. I promise you, is not going to be reaching on a wide receiver. I promise you that. It's not his MO. It's not what he does. Uh, and the Browns have plenty of needs across the roster that they should be drafting the best player. Um, Ed Oliver from Houston, I think that'd be a nice option in the 6-10 to 10 range. Uh, a cornerback like LSU's Greedy Williams would make some sense. Uh, pair him with Denzel Ward. If they're going offense, I think offensive tackles the target. And I mentioned Jonah. Al- I mentioned Alabama's Jonah Williams yesterday. He might be the most boring, <laughs> dominant player there is. But that's what you want from an offensive lineman. You watch his tape, and it's just stalemate, stalemate, stalemate. And hey, in offensive line world, that's a win. And oh, so, especially today in the NFL, right? Like, absolutely. I know watching some of these college guys, you're like, man, he really doesn't. I want to see him just bulldoze people. Yeah. Like, well, wait, why? Yeah. They don't really ask him to in the NFL. We're going to throw the ball 65% of the time. I need yeah. you to pass protect. And, he's, and I need you to be technically sound in the run game. And that's, exa- and that's exactly what Jonah Williams is, technically sound. Uh, he's not that 35-inch freak athlete. Uh, he's a good athlete, but he's not that uh, super freak that you know most we look for in tackles these days. But he's just technically sound. I he's very lesson, smart. I learned my lesson on Chance Warmack. Mm. He mauled people. Yeah. I loved him. I was like, man, this is my favorite player ever. Yeah, that's the running list. It's great. Yeah, but no, Jonah Williams. He can anchor. He's a good. He's a really good player. And for a young quarterback, protect him. And I, I would say offensive tackle play is more of an issue for the Browns than wide receivers. So I can get my wide receivers second, third round. I am getting my offensive tackle in the first with Jonah Williams. Okay, I'm still looking for your threads. So you're gonna have to find <laughs> the right. next question before I can find one that I'm gonna say is awful. Um, let's see. We got. 
who are some other tight ends? This is from at Jacob Hill 897. Who are some other tight end options besides Noah Fant for uh, a team looking for a tight end in the second round? This is from a Cowboys fan, obviously. Uh, if the juniors declare, I think this is going to be a heck of a tight end class. Double Iowa. Yeah. Don't they have another one? They do. He's right here sophomore, so we'll see if he declares TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think I still think Noah Fant's going to be the top guy because of what he can do as a receiver, as a pass catcher. He's going to test off the charts uh, at the Combine, so that's going to help his case as well. But there's going to be plenty of options. Uh, Stanford's Caden Smith. He's that Jason Witten type where he's going to help you out as a blocker. He's going to help you out as a receiver. Uh, it, it just that best the, the best all-around tight end prospect in this class. Uh, Irv Smith from Alabama has been terrific this year. He's my number three tight end at this point. Um, maybe it's the the Alabama jersey just playing tricks on me, but you can't help but see O.J. Howard in, in what Irv Smith does. Really good-sized athlete. Uh, catches the ball well in stride. Holds his own as a blocker. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, he's number four. You see a lot of George Kittle with what he does as cool. a, both a receiver and I'll a blocker. I will take yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, that's high praise now. And then my fifth tight end is... Um, uh, the South Florida tight end, Mitchell Cox, uh, who I think could be an NFL starter. So if the juniors come out, I think this could be a, a really good class of tight ends. That's cool. Hey, I did it again. I was on your thing, but then I just started roaming aimlessly around around Twitter, and I lost it. Uh, so I'll be with you in a second. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just next, give me. Next yeah, question. I'll be with you in a second. Uh, who could be the next Philip Lindsay, Ido Smith in this class? Oh, this is Ido from, is my uh, guy. This is from my guy. at LH Country Boy, uh, and uh, Phil Lindsay was my guy. So this is a good question because running backs, especially once all the juniors come out, some of those really good senior running backs get pushed down the draft board a little bit. Uh, this year, some day three senior running backs to look for. Ryquel Armstead at Temple uh, runs really tough, physical. Uh, he's one of the better north-south runners that we have in terms of prospects, uh, running back prospects in this class. Uh, Jalen Moore from App State. He's going to be that forgotten guy this year because he had uh, the fractured ankle a few weeks ago, probably be out for the Senior Bowl, probably be out for the Combine. Uh, we're not going to be talking about him a lot, but don't forget about him. He is a draftable player. And then one more guy, Dexter Williams from Notre Dame. Uh, the medicals are going to be crucial with him because he hasn't played a lot of football. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. But when he's on the field, he's been outstanding. Uh, terrific in space. He's averaging over seven yards per carry the last two years. Uh, needs to get better in pass pro. Needs to be needs to prove just be a reliable player. But if he can do that, he's going to end up being a steal uh, wherever he ends up getting drafted. All right, here we go. I found one. What do you got? I found <laughs> a great question from Steven. If the Cowboys draft a quarterback every round, would they get someone better than Dak? I like your odds there. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, immediately. I don't know about immediately. If you it, had a like a seven person <clears throat> quarterback competition, would Dak win it? Maybe I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know why Mike White doesn't get more chances, uh, but they don't. He doesn't even get like reps in practice. Uh, the rookie out of Western Kentucky for for the Cowboys. So the thing is, is yeah, I think they probably would. But the coaching staff, the the front office, they're not gonna. Dak's their guy through 2019. That's not changing. So I don't know. I don't think which I don't quarterback hate. Is, if you're willing to fire your coach and try something different in that regard, I don't hate <laughs> letting Dak play one more year. He makes no money, and right. if he can be adequate, then you have a nice salary cap advantage. That's fine. Well, and the thing is, is we've talked a lot about in in DFW about who's gonna live, who's gonna outlive who, the head coach or the the quarterback. I think it's pretty clear that the quarterback's gonna outlive the head coach. I hope so. I. 
The way they're I playing so. right now with the schedule they have, it looks like Dallas is going to finish with what? They're going to lose a couple more in a row, yeah, probably. It, it is reasonable to think that they could finish 4-12, and 5-11. and 11. I mean, that's reasonable to think. Man, and the number four overall pick will belong to the Raiders? That's going to sting. That'll hurt. It's going to sting pretty bad. Um, we got a question from at Fogel. Uh, who's going to be the first FCS player drafted this year? Um, oh, Dane Special. My guy from Delaware. I, I haven't seen all these guys yet. Uh, I'm still working through a lot of the FCS players, a lot of tackles I still need to see. Uh, I tweeted about a, a FCS tight end the other day, uh, yesterday. I tweeted out some of his clips um, from Stetson, uh, Donald Parham. He's he's interesting. He's 6'8", 240. Uh, more of a slot receiver, big slot receiver than a true tight end, but uh, I think he's possibly getting drafted late. Uh, but uh, Nasser Adderley, the, uh, he's the best FCS prospect I've seen so far. The Delaware safety corner. Love his drive quickness. Uh, love his speed. I gave him a second-round grade. I think he's a big-time player. Uh, other FCS guys to know. Uh, Easton Stick, the quarterback from North Dakota State. I think he's draftable. I think he can stick in the league. <laughs> stick in the league uh, for a while. Keelan Doss, a wide receiver from UC Davis. Uh, wide receiver Alex Wesley, Northern Colorado. He can fly. He's a track guy. Um, several offensive linemen, like I said, I haven't. I, I think Senior Bowl will be big for them to figure them out. Uh, then on defense, uh, South Dakota State, they have a corner, Jordan Brown, and uh, Derek Robertson from uh, or Roberson from uh, Sam Houston State. Uh, just a few names there from the FCS level. All right, this question gets read just because this guy deserves it. Did you see the one from AJ Digby with his blue check mark? Uh, no, no. What AJ say? I'm going to read AJ's profile and then his question. Okay. USA Paralympics track and field national team, Rio 2016, Mount Union 2020. Yeah, that's my Mount Union guy, AJ. Three-time 4x400 champion, one-time 400-meter champion, two national championships, AJ Digby. So he's done some things. Offensive tackles to look for in this year's draft class. And would you rather have to fight a horde of zombies with 20 lions on your team or 100 wolves? Second part's easy. You go 100 wolves. Yeah, you go over the numbers. Yeah, wolves are badass too. And zombies, like if you were talking about armed. How many zombies? Uh, a horde. Uh, so that's like a, a bunch? I would say uh, 2,500. Oh, man. Yeah, because in that case, I'm just playing a survival game. I'm not yeah. trying to win the fight. I'm just trying to live my life. And I think <laughs> having 100 distractions. And any one wolf could take down one zombie because zombies yeah. are so slow and bumbling. So you got to. But wait, hold on, there, this is a trick question though, because if the zombie gets the wolf, does the wolf turn into a zombie? I hope not. Because then you're talking. Because we're about, in trouble either way. Yeah, because then you're talking about numbers working against you. Well, if that's the case, you're dead pretty fast, regardless yeah. of of what you pick. Yeah. So we're just gonna have to assume that doesn't happen. I just because if this is Game of Thrones style and they can turn them, we're after. Yeah, it's yeah. over. No, yeah, no matter what, you're in trouble. Just you gotta. I would run, take one hundred thousand rats. That's wow. what I would pick. Uh, so back to his oh, first yeah, offensive question. Offensive tackles other than Jonah Williams. Uh, I tell you, the junior class, I mentioned Jonah Williams earlier. We talked about him. Greg Little from Ole Miss. He reminds me a lot of Ronnie Stanley when he's coming out of Notre Dame. Oh, he can't move anybody, well, but he's a pretty yeah, good athlete. A little passive. You know, you kind of worry, is he, does he have a little dog in him? You kind of worry about that. But he's very relaxed before his punch. He moves really well. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of negative reps on film just because of those two things. Uh, but, you, you know, blocking... Pass rushers at the NFL level is a much different animal, and so does he have, uh, you know, the the toughness, the, the the you know the 
the aggressiveness, the physicality you look for. I, I'm not sold on that yet, but I do think we've seen enough from Greg Little where he can be a first-round pick, just like Ronnie Stanley. Um, after him, I, we're looking at the senior class, and I don't know if there's a, a top 50 offensive tackle in there. We got some big news from Washington yesterday. Trey Adams, the really talented left tackle who tore his ACL last October and then had a, a back injury uh, over the over the summer, he is returning to Washington for his uh, redshirt senior year, which is big because uh, I, I thought he was a top 10 pick. If he came out, if he stayed healthy last year and came out, I think he would have been drafted ahead of Mike McGlinchey in the top 10. So it's a big time player. Uh, hopefully he can get the medical stuff worked out, stay healthy next year for the Huskies, and uh, he'll be a top 10 pick in the 2020 draft. But aside from him, uh, I really like Andre Dillard from Washington State. Um, I don't know if he has – he doesn't have the length that a lot of teams are going to want at the tackle position. I'd like to see him work out at guard and center at the Senior Bowl and workouts just to see how he does. He might be a better interior player than tackle, but he does really well uh, outside as well. I think he is the top senior right now. My number two senior is Max Sharping from Northern Illinois, another top 100 player. Um, not the most agile player, but he moves well enough. He's strong, and he's extremely smart. Uh, he had a three nine nine in college. He only uh, he had an A minus in an English class. Oh man, uh, can't communicate with teammates. No, and this is yeah, this is a guy that turned down Yale out of high school. Um, and that that IQ, that intelligence translates to the field really helps. I mean, he did a great job against uh, Burns from Florida State earlier this year. So Max Sharping's a top one hundred guy, and then Yadni Kajuice from West Virginia. By the way, did you see him get kicked Kajuice? out? Of, yeah, is he related to the other? One? I don't think so. No. Dang it. Did you see uh, him get kicked out of the Texas game over the weekend? No. For pushing, it was extra, extra point, I believe, and he pushed a Texas player. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. And he got kicked out. What's with the, the personal foul for the the horns down, by the way? I don't know how that became a personal foul. Yeah, like I... I like it, like somehow that is equal to scoring and then running up in a guy's face and talking about his family and telling him he's a P. Right. I don't. I don't understand. Like that. That was confusing. I, the, the officials afterwards said it's just up to the discretion of the. Official. What if it's an accident? I mean, you got five fingers. They go different ways sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I. I don't know. It's just. I'm gonna really start monitoring players during the game for their hands. To yeah. See exactly. If one ever accidentally does that, because it's really. Anyway, Kajus, he's a really athletic player. Um, it, it, you watch his tape, and one tape is, okay, this is a first-round player. Then you watch the next two, and it's like, oh, okay, what, what, what is he doing? Like, he just He's very inconsistent, uh, very up and down. But you see the athleticism, you see the length, you see what he's capable of, and uh, you know teams are going to want to take a chance on that somewhere. Again, a day-two player. Uh, I think all three of those players that I mentioned, Dillard, Sharp, and Kajus, are, are day-two players and guys that – um, might get pushed up even more just because of the lack of tackles in this class. Uh, Jonah Williams, Greg Little go first round, and then you know we're trying to piece it together after that. Okay, this guy's name, his name on Twitter is See Ya Hugh, you sorry ass. And <laughs> so the Browns guy? His question is, no question yet, but thanks for the podcasts. I enjoy them every time. Nice. So thanks. Thanks, See Ya Hugh. So uh, if you wanted to pick one or two more, All right, free, uh, I, liked, I, I really liked that one because it was very complimentary. At DJ Cannon 1968, are there any troubled, quote-unquote troubled, wide receivers who will slide oh, but have first-round talent? Come on, these are my guys. I think there is. Where's uh, my Antonio Callaway? Yeah, Colorado State's Preston Williams. I like Colorado uh, State receivers. 
Yes, you do. By the way, Hollywood uh, Higgins, watching Michael Gallup, watching Anthony Johnson from Buffalo. His tape yesterday got a really strong Michael Gallup vibe from Anthony Johnson, which means I want Anthony Johnson. Uh, But back to Preston Williams, he's he's unique, uniquely talented. I'd say six three two fifteen runs a four four. He's got a ton of ability, a very high football ceiling. But the off field has been an issue. He's dismissed from Tennessee for repeated run ins with the uh, coaches. Uh, gets to Colorado State, immediately finds trouble off the field, some stuff with going on with his girlfriend. I had one scout tell me that he would be off their draft board, that they wouldn't even waste their time. This makes him my guy. Someone's going to take a chance. I get him uh, in the fourth round. And I was told he's declaring. Um, so Preston Williams, Colorado State, he'll be an interesting guy to watch, uh, to see. He, he might be on five draft boards, but if one of those teams wants to take a chance on him second, third round, might get a good steal at that point. All right. Um, we have anything else? Let me see here. Do 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 do. Um, did we could we talk about Will Greer? Did we talk? Um, I, you didn't give me my answer. I yeah, want to know okay. where I can get him. This is from. He's at, the one guy I think in this draft class that I'm interested in. If the if the price is right, right. If he's at the end of the first round, is that where he's going to live, or is he going to get pushed up because there aren't great quarterback prospects? And this is from at Eric Elizondo eight. Uh, Wilger has played better as of late. If he finishes the season strong, will he be worthy of a first-round pick? Hashtag trust the tape. Uh, I, I do think this is a good question. And uh, also in my weekly column uh, on The Athletic on Monday, I I had a note. I sent a text to four different scouts, um, and I asked them just flat out, if this is a Justin Herbert-less draft, Justin Herbert decides to go back for a senior year at Oregon, who is the first quarterback drafted? And the four texts I received, I actually sent out five. I only got four back. Uh, wow. Can the, we call out the fifth guy? No, because he's usually pretty good. Okay. About he, He's just probably traveling or something. Well, when um, he hears this, he'll know. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely listens. Uh, I got three names back in the four texts. Two votes for Drew Locke from Missouri, one for Daniel Jones Duke, and one for West Virginia's Will Greer. Uh, and Greer, I agree, he might be the most interesting of the group because I mentioned before, he's very much a rhythm passer. Once he finds that rhythm, he's deadly. He's going to pick you apart. Uh, you, you put him in position to make plays, and he'll do it. He'll give his receivers a, a chance down the field, uh, a chance to create after the catch. That air raid offense at West Virginia, it simplifies reads. Um, so I, I think how he does on the whiteboard at the combine, that'll be big. Um, you know, showing what, that he can process everything, showing that he can handle protections, um, that he's not just a gunslinger who's going to force him into you know multiple coverages. Um, I, he doesn't have elite traits. He's not the biggest guy. I mean, he's six two, two hundred and you know maybe eighteen pounds, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, he do, he's an adequate athlete, not a great athlete, and he doesn't have an amazing arm. He has a good enough arm, uh, I'd say uh, just slightly above average, but it's not really, uh, it's not elite. It's not like uh, a Drew Locke. And so when I talk to scouts about Will Greer, it's, they really love his confidence. They really love his makeup because uh, he's he's a son of a coach. He's an experienced guy. He's married. He's nice and settled. Well, no, that's the thing. He's experienced a lot in his life. Just And recently, too, uh, he was suspended from Florida for taking an over-the-counter uh, banned substance from GNC uh, or another one of those uh, places like that. Uh, he transferred. He was basically told to transfer. He wasn't allowed back by uh, Coach McElwain. He got married. He became a father. Uh, so, you know, he's led this West Virginia team the last two years to some big wins. So the maturity, I think, will be a big selling point. And my guess is that most teams, they're not going to have first-round grades on them. But, you know, as we all know, it takes one team to fall in love with him. 
and to say, okay, well, Drew Locke's off the board, Daniel Jones is off the board. Uh, you know, we're out of. We're gonna wait till the third round and get Ryan Finley, or you know, maybe let's let's trade him to the late first and get Will Greer. I think that's certainly possible. A lot will depend on, like I said, how he does during the pre-draft process, how he does at the Senior Bowl, how he does on the whiteboard at the Combine. Uh, but I do think the confidence, the maturity, and of course, you know, the tape, what he's done up to this point. Uh, will certainly be a strong selling point for him. Always trust the tape. I'm done, Dane. How about you? That was a good good episode. That we, was we covered a, a lot. That was a great episode. One of the best we've ever done. Leave a five star review and then uh, w- what you would choose on the zombie question. That is a good question. Go ahead and leave that. And we appreciate you. At DP Brugler on Twitter is where you can find Dane. I'm at JC1053. And we do love you. We'll see you next week for Trust the Tape. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.